It is Wednesday, and it's another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. There is a new man in the Royals organization. What does that mean for the team as a whole? Where do I stand on Alec Marsh as a starter? And I got to tip my cap to this rookie for his performance last night. That's all coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. And be sure to check out all of our podcasts, these episodes, on wherever you get your typical podcast. That can be Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify. Had a commenter say that they follow on that site. So Spotify is an easy way to get us. YouTube as well. I want to give all of you a big thank you because we finally reached our end of the season goal, getting over 500 subscribers. Now the next goal is to get to 1,000 by the beginning of the regular season in 2024. That's opening day, 2024. So let's shoot for about 100 subscribers a month before we get to that point. So if you like this podcast, recommend it to somebody else. You have a Royals fan that's not getting the content they want. I promise you I'm going to try to keep it fun, going to keep it entertaining, and more importantly, informative throughout this entire offseason. But again, a big thank you to you. If this is your first episode ever tuning in, well, welcome in. Uh, The Royals are playing well right now. It's probably fun to hear more about the Royals, even though it's September. Hey, they're playing good baseball. Well, like yourself, I'm just a diehard Royals fan, and I turned that fandom into a career path. I now work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a daily show on ESPN Kansas City, Monday through Friday. And I've also got a show once a week on Sports Radio 810 WHB during the night hours, 7 to 10 p.m. actually had a show last night. Busy day yesterday. Had to do a recap for Royals Review. Had to bring you guys this podcasting content and did a three-hour show as well as a couple other shows in the morning. So jam-packed with sports, but that's the way I like it. I like talking sports all of the time. Now, today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. I've got some more picks to give you later on in the show, what I expect in today's game, the season finale against Cleveland and the series finale as the Royals go for a sweep. So I've got a couple picks for my fantasy baseball team. The Royals did make some moves within their organization in the last 24 hours or so. Now, Gene Watson the VP of scouting, assistant GM. He is taking a job in the White Sox organization as Chris Getz, a former Royal, continues to assemble his entire group uh, within that franchise. Gene Watson is going to Chicago. Former Royal Brian Bannister is going to Chicago. Uh, They've gotten a lot of guys over the last week or so. But Gene Watson, who's basically been involved in scouting in the Royals department since the beginning of the Dayton Moore era, he is now gone. And the Royals did not waste any time in replacing at least 
one of these guys is replacing Gene Watson. I think there's going to be a couple different moves here, but the Royals add Brian Bridges from the San Francisco Giants organization. He was also with Atlanta from 2015 to 2019. And he is somebody that I believe you should take pretty seriously. Now, Preston Farr, who's one of my favorite Twitter followers out there for the Kansas City Royals, he said that Brian Bridges' new role will be the director of amateur scouting. Watson was the VP of Major League Scouting, so he believes there's more moves on the way. But more on Bridges, he was a part in drafting guys in Atlanta, like Jason Hayward, Craig Kimbrell, Alex Wood, Mike Miner, Mike Soroka, Austin Riley, who's a superstar, A.J. Minter, who was a great back-end closer, Hunter Bishop, Will Bednar, and Patrick Bailey. Uh, Patrick Bailey right now is one of the best young stars in the National League with the Giants. And Bridges was a part of all of those moves. And the Giants farm system, Preston also points out, ranked 29th in preseason 2019, was up to 8th by midseason in 2021. So it was a very quick turnaround. Now they're kind of in the middle of the pack because they've graduated a lot of those guys. But Brian Bridges fast-tracked that team, fast-tracked that organization, which is why I could like this role of amateur scouting. You know, you have a guy that needs to replenish this farm system. And I'm glad the Royals went with an outside hire here. And there's still a couple more question marks in terms of the scouting department. You know, what does this mean for a handful of guys? Lonnie Goldberg. What does that mean for Lonnie Goldberg? I mean, the Royals have had the same voices, the same talking heads for almost 20 years now. And we've seen the failures of draft class after draft class after draft class. Now, Gene Watson was a scout. Then he was the director of pro scouting for a while. Then he left the organization. I believe he was with the Angels for two years and then came back to the Royals last year. So this is a guy that off and on, has been a big instrumental part in who the Royals are going after. Now you have an outside hire. And I think this outside hire is very important because you've gotten him from two organizations that did not struggle in replenishing the farm system. I get it. There's going to be criticism. Oh, another Atlanta Braves mind. Dayton Moore was an Atlanta Braves mind. J.J. Piccolo was. So there's some connection there. But Brian Bridges spent the last four years in San Francisco. And look what San Francisco has done with minimal major league talent and continuing to pump out great pitching. Uh, Patrick Bailey, I just mentioned, they reloaded that farm system. That was a farm system that was bare. Uh, they weren't as bad as where the Royals are right now, but they were near the bottom of the league. There wasn't many guys coming up through that system. And in a year and a half, he moved them from bottom of the league to top 10. Or at least he was one of the voices. It's important to hire guys like that. It's important to make moves like that, which is why I'm stoked about it. Keith Law also tweeted this out, and he's getting comments on Twitter of, this is a good hire, this is a good hire, and he said, yes, this is a good hire. He was in a book that Keith Law wrote, uh, basically being mentioned as a guy that is very analytical, very successful in the scouting department. Kudos to the Royals to making a move like this, because they very well could have said, Gene Watson's moving on. Let's, you know, keep promoting within. There are guys that are deserving of jobs, but there's also guys that can fit the role a little bit better. And I think Brian Bridges, though I haven't seen him do anything in, in the Royals front office yet, this feels like a move that on the surface 
is very successful. It very much reminds me of what the Royals did this last offseason in overhauling the coaching staff. I get it. Some of you are not fans of Matt Quattrero, but who they were going after made sense. A bench coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. He gets to bring along another coach from the Rays. Your pitching coach comes from Cleveland, who's always had a great pitching staff. Zach Bove comes from Minnesota. You're working with guys that come from successful organizations, not just guys that are your buddies. You know, the Royals could have hired Pedro Grafol. They could have kept it in-house, kept a couple people happy, but they went outside the organization. And now we're starting to see some of these moves that J.J. Bacolo made pan out pretty well. And Cole Reagans has panned out well. Nelson Velasquez has panned out well. James MacArthur has now panned out well. So you have those moves going on, but you don't just stop there. You don't just say, well, you know, we like where we're at with an organization and we're just going to continue to keep the same minds in here. No, this is about building. You go out there and get a bright mind who knows what type of talent to find. And I like that this is just one of the few moves I believe they're going to make in the offseason. I mean, Brian Bridges is going to be the, uh, I believe, the director of amateur scouting. So you're dealing with a lot of minor league talent. Where do the Royals need the most help? In the minor leagues. Finding guys that can replenish this group can get you back to a a top 10, top five group. All of that is so vitally important in this rebuild. You know, the Orioles back in, I guess that would have been 2018 or 19, they go after Mike Elias for the Houston Astros, who was a part of one of the more historic rebuilds of this century. You know, Houston bottomed out. And then they just continued to reload. And even after Mike Elias, the structure was put in place. Because now we're seeing the Astros still compete at the top half of the division. But this is the type of move that made Baltimore so successful now. They got a guy that knew who to draft, knew who to scout. I don't think the Royals have always had the same guys, you know, make those successful moves. There's been a couple of draft picks that have panned out. I don't think it's always coming from one guy, though. The Royals seem to have their old guys, the same scouts that go after the same player over and over again the Royals have hit on a couple draft picks but not many this can change that a little bit this can really I think boost your minor league department maybe not significantly but it's one of those moves that at least looks good on paper and for that that's all I can ask for in replacing a guy like Gene Watson somebody that's always had a spot in that front office I was highly thought of very well respected And a lot of what he said was taken into consideration. Now you have a new mind, a guy that's probably going to look for different types of talent. This is a move that can help your farm system. We'll see how involved Brian Bridges is with this organization, but I'd imagine he is going to have a pretty big impact on it. Okay, the next thing we're going to talk about this morning is Alec Marsh. I thought he looked okay last night against Cleveland. But he's starting to come around on me a little bit more. I was out on him after his start against Boston, but he's slowly making his way back into that conversation of the 2024 rotation. I have officially picked a stance on Alec Marsh, and I'm going to tell you what it is next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further... Let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors in Sleeper. I've got a couple of picks today in the series finale against the Cleveland Guardians. You have Zach Granke on the bump. 
33 strikeouts away from 3,000. So unless he returns the 2009 form and these final two starts, don't think he's getting to 3,000 before the end of his career. But I'm not going to pick Zach here. I think I am going to go with Michael Garcia. Three hit day yesterday. I'm going to pick him to have at least two hits in this one. Feel pretty confident that Michael Garcia is going to get rolling once again. He's facing Lucas Giolito. He was so good last time out, but other than that, Giolito's been very bad for Cleveland. So I expect a lesser start today for the newly acquired Cleveland Guardians pitcher. Then I'm also going to go with Bobby Witt Jr. here. Eventually, he's going to run into one again. He is one home run away from 30. Why not today be the one, the one that he can hit over the fence? Why can't one pitch be left just over the heart of the plate and he can hit it over the bullpen in left field for home run number 30 on the year? He's still got plenty of time, 10 games to go, but I'm going to stick my neck out there a little bit and say that he hits one off of Giolito today. So the two top guys in the lineup, Michael Garcia and Bobby Witt Jr. are my picks for fantasy baseball. Now, the MLB playoffs are right around the quarter, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to boost your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is with studs like Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Shohei Otani. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times your payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big with Sleeper. Alec Marsh, I think, was very up and down last night. But what I've been so impressed by, despite the the obvious numbers, the ERA, the whip, even at times the pure stuff, what I've always been impressed with is the swing and miss stuff. Because the swing and miss stuff is important to me. Now, you can never be a really good pitcher in a rotation if, one, you're not a pitch-to-contact guy, low pitch count, and, and you can log a lot of innings, or you have swing and miss. If you can't do either of those things, if you're not a strike thrower or a strikeout pitcher, it's pretty hard for you to be successful in a big league rotation. Now, Alec Marsh is not a pitch-to-contact guy. He's purely a strikeout guy. You know, I think he's getting up there now um, in the rookie record for strikeouts through a number of starts. I remember the Royals broadcast put it up last week when they were in Chicago. I think he either just surpassed or he's about to surpass Brady Singer, you know, through, through a number of starts. It's not the all-time record, but it's through a number of starts. He has never struggled with getting the swing and miss. And that was something that I think Alec Marsh was always known for in the minor leagues. A lot of swing and miss, but he struggled keeping the ball in the yard. And at times, he struggled throwing strikes. But I've kind of liked him in this role in the last two weeks. You know, you have Steven Cruz as the opener. He seemingly has found more comfort. Still has not allowed a run since his horrific debut. But the command wasn't really there for Stephen Cruz yesterday. So Alec Marsh is to come in a little bit earlier than expected. But he's kind of settled into this role. You know, he, he doesn't look as overwhelmed. He's not really giving up the long ball anymore. He's living in the zone. He's really relying on that curveball, that slurve, and that changeup has looked good of late. And I, th I thought to myself... You know, I feel like I got to make a, a stance on Alec Marsh for the people listening. I, I can't keep saying, well, I like him. No, I don't like him. I like him. I have to pick a spot now because the season's almost up. We'll probably see Alec Marsh one more time, maybe two. It might be two. I think we'll see him in Detroit. And then I think we'll see him at the very tail end 
of that Yankee series. So two more outings for him, not starts. He'll be the bulk pitcher. I'm assuming they're just going to make Steven Cruz the opener for those final two outings. So Alec Marsh will be the bulk pitcher. And last night, I'm going back and forth. You know, he looks good. He gave up four runs. I think one of them was, was unearned. But I think I've got my perfect stance now. And my stance is, I would take Alec Marsh right now, going into 2024, over Daniel Lynch and Chris Boobich. I think that would be my best bet. Because what Alec Marsh has that Daniel Lynch and Chris Boobich don't, and Boobich, I would like to still have hope for, but he's coming off Tommy John. It's going to be a long way back. And I don't think when Boobich comes back, he's immediately penciled into the five spot in the rotation. You know, Alec Marsh, after pitching in this rotation for about the last two and a half months, he's probably got the inside track. Daniel Lynch can't stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he has no swing and miss stuff. He gets hit hard. Daniel Lynch is kind of a shell of whoever he thought he could be, who he was in the minor leagues, power stuff, power slider, power change. It just doesn't really have it. So if you ask me, I would take Alec Marsh as the five man over a Daniel Lynch or Chris Bubich. I mean, you roll in the next season. I'm assuming Jordan Lyles is not going to be back. I know there's people that say he is because he's under contract. I'm going to stand my ground. I don't think he's back. Granke is not back. I think Singer and Reagans are back. So there's two guys in your rotation. I'd imagine they sign one guy, at least maybe two. And that fifth spot could go to Alec Marsh. And if Alec Marsh is your number five, I think that's a very okay move. He's got good swing and miss stuff. No, the ERA is not going to pop, but he's also a rookie. He's going to have to adjust. The book's out on him now. And he's got to face much better lineups. But when he takes the mound, I think I always have more trust in a guy that can get the swing and miss than a guy that you're just praying he doesn't leave it out over the middle of the plate. Like Alec Marsh has good enough stuff where he may make a mistake, live in the zone, and maybe they can't hit it. Last night, he might have had the most impressive pitch I've thrown or I've seen him throw all season. It was a 97-mile-an-hour rising fastball. If that's in the arsenal, even if that's maxing out, that's topping out, and you're sitting 94 to 96, that's good. That curveball is a plus-plus pitch. That slurve is a plus-plus pitch. And you can work with that a little bit. I think that Alec Marsh could be a good bullpen pitcher, but why not give him some starts next year? I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. I'd like to see him build a little bit. I think there's a little bit of something there. We've already seen it at the big league level, double-digit strikeout games. I mean, he's constantly in this bulk role getting six, seven, eight strikeouts. Last night, not as high. But still, I think he's somebody you take over the other two I just mentioned. He's somebody you take over a Veneziano or a Bullet, even though we haven't even seen the pitch at the big league level. He's somebody you take over a one-year deal guy. That, to me, is what you should look for. You know, if you don't get significantly better at that number five spot, then just roll with Alec Marsh. Just make him the guy. And right now, I think he's got the inside track to do so. So that's my stance. I think that five spot's going to come down to Lynch, Marsh, and Bubich. And I think it should go to Marsh. So where I stand, he's a part of this rotation in 2024. Okay, the last thing we're going to talk about is give a little hat tip here to a rookie who spent a long time in the minor league level and got a chance to shine in front of family and friends last night. And in his first game, he gets two Salvi splashes. That is Tyler Cropley. We're going to talk about him next on Locked on Royals.
You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other title sponsors in Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus and an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Tyler Cropley has had a really cool story. A guy that I'm sure doubted that he would ever make it to the major league level. And a lot did have to go wrong, I think I would say, for Tyler Cropley to get to Kansas City. You know, at the very beginning of the year, there were two catchers on the roster. It was Salvador Perez and it was MJ Melendez. So when Tyler Cropley's in the minor league level, he's saying, all right, a Royals Hall of Famer in the face of the franchise is in my position. And his replacement, a young prospect, one of the top young prospects in the Royals organization is right behind him. So can't take that spot. All right, then a month into the season, MJ Melendez moves to the outfield. Okay, I'm sure Tyler Cropley's thinking, well, there's a door open, but there's still a lot of guys ahead of me. Well, then this guy named Freddie Fermin shows up. And Freddie Fermin plays so well that we all in Kansas City are talking about, there's the real replacement. Now, Freddie Fermin's good behind the plate. He's got a lot of power. And he's somebody I think I would make the opening day starter if the Royals choose to move on from Salvador Perez in the offseason, trade him somewhere else. And you feel fine with Freddie for me. So Tyler Cropley at that point is probably going, there's no chance I get up to the big league level. I'm a catcher. I can't move positions. Well, then Salvador Perez gets banged up. And he goes on the injured list a handful of times this year. And that opens the door for Logan Porter. A really cool story. Maybe the coolest story of any of these Royals prospects in 2023. So when Logan Porter comes up, it's, well, now we know that I'm not going to go to the big league level because they've already called somebody else up, uh, another catcher. No way I get it. And he had a chance to join the team in Chicago, but there was never a chance really unless an emergency that Tyler Cropley was getting in the game. So we get set back down. Here comes Logan Porter, not coming back up. Well, Freddie Fermin goes on the 60-day IL, has surgery on his thumb, I believe it was, and Salvi goes on the concussion list. Here comes Tyler Cropley. Think about how much had to go wrong. And I don't mean that in a bad way for Tyler Cropley, but major league players all getting hurt that opened the door for him. Right now, the starting catcher for the Royals is Logan Porter, a guy who was not on the team two weeks ago. That's how banged up the the backstop room is, if you will. But he gets his chance. And last night was his major league debut. And he's catching for Steven Cruz, for Alec Marsh. And man, I thought he was excellent behind the plate. He's blocking balls left and right. You know, he's staying tough. He's 
just taking him off the face mask, off the chest protector, off the shins. He was a bulldog. And he's got his family up in the suites. It was so cool to see. Now, we had a big at bat in the middle of that game. Need to drive in a run. Could have the moment, get the best of him. I don't care that you say it's September. There's nobody there. That's a big moment for him. He's been waiting a long time for that moment. He pokes one out to center field, gets a sack fly. And then later in the game, he gets his first major league hit and just pokes one into right field. And think about the stress that he has in a handful of those moments. You know, he's dealing with Steven Cruz on the mound in the first two. Misses with five straight to begin the game no he's nervous alone out there now he's got a young pitcher who's maybe a little bit tense he has to go catch balls for James MacArthur when it's first and third nobody out in a one-run game and he's blocking all the sliders and curveballs that James MacArthur is throwing that is a bulldog right there and no I don't think Tyler Cropley has a future in Kansas City he's gotten this spot because of a lot of injuries but you don't apologize for that now he's somebody that's waited a long long time and a lot of these guys, Freddie Fermin, Logan Porter, you know, even MJ Melendez earlier in his career, and Tyler Cropley, they never really had a spot in Kansas City because it was always Salvi's. It has been Salvador Perez's position for over 10 years now. So when these guys get drafted, there's a, a very small light they can look to. And that's not hoping for injuries. It's just... Can I go be a backup? It's not even can I go be a starter in Kansas City because they had their starter for years. You know, it's why Freddie Fermin didn't debut till 28. Logan Porter, same thing. And Tyler Cropley, basically same thing at 27. These are all aged and seasoned guys, but good for them to get this chance. Good for them to get this opportunity. Because not everybody does. Now, we, we sometimes can bash on guys that don't play well. I mean, Jordan Lyles is one of them this year. We've bashed on Brady Singer before. We've bashed on Kyle Isbell, Edward Olivares, you know, Hunter Dozier, Matt Beatty, Matt Duffy. We, we've had our podcast episodes. I've seen the comments on Twitter. I've had some of my own where you criticize guys that are playing at this level, not playing well. But what all of those guys have done that I can always respect, they got to the big leagues. And that's not some small feat. You still have to be good enough to get to the big leagues. They don't just bring up guys to bring them up. Now, I know this team has not been good. They're probably not making debuts for other teams with the exception of Oakland. But they got their chance. And it's cool they are doing a little something with it because there's no guarantee they're on this roster next year. There's no chance that I can confirm that they're going to get another big league hit, that they're going to be on the 40-man. They're going to have another RBI. It's cool to see some of these guys take advantage of it. It's why Dyron Blanco's story was so cool. He may be in Kansas City next year just because he's the fastest guy on the team. Could be a Gerard Dyson, Terrence Gore type player. But again, you just don't know. So these guys are older. Dyron Blanco's 30. Logan Porter's 28. Tyler Caropoli's 27. So it's just taking advantage of these moments. And it's cool to see. I can respect the hell out of that. And to do so in front of friends and family, a big contingent of Iowa fans, people from Iowa, where he's from, it's a great story. Now, I don't know the numbers, but I believe that, you know, there's few, probably less than three 
Iowa baseball players, and I mean from the College of Iowa, I think he was a Hawkeye, if I'm not mistaken. Do some quick digging real quick. But he's somebody that, you know, I can completely respect what he was able to do last night. It's a cool story. Yeah, he did go play at Iowa. He's from Iowa, played college ball at Iowa. He gets his first RBI and first hit last night in a Royals 7-6 to win. A thrilling game, and now they go for a series sweep this afternoon with Zach Greinke on the bump. And, of course, what could be his final start at Kauffman Stadium. That is going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And find all these episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. Thank you for getting me to 500 subscribers. Our next goal is 1,000 before opening day. So keep suggesting this podcast. Keep sending it to people and tell them to subscribe because we always love to continue to build this thing. And we hope we can build it up to a very big level by the beginning of next season. Tomorrow, it's going to be an off day for the Royals, but we'll still have plenty to get into. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.